Hi, this is Craig from Spam By Me, and welcome to episode, drum roll please, 25. So, the 25th episode, that means we've been waffling on now for uh, almost half a year, and I'm also joined, as uh, normal, by Mark, Marco Van Pickering. Mark, how the devil are you today? I'm very, very good, Craig, yourself. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, we're just marvelling in the glory of the fact that we can actually see each other here. We've, uh, we've levelled up on the... Uh, <laughs> On the podcast, obviously you can't see us, but we can see each other. So it's uh, I it's think like face or radio. I think that's me. I'm a face or radio. Yeah. I mean, you see up, see me very often. No, we're uh, we're hiding behind the cameras. We've both got the um, well, Mark's got his background blurred because he's in the spare room, and I've not worked out how to blur my background, so I've got all my shite in the background. So yes, <laughs> welcome to episode twenty-five. We've uh, we've nearly made twenty-six weeks, which is the uh, magic number for half a year. So. Thank you, everybody. Thank you that's joined. It's uh, very much appreciated. We've uh, not really got a lot on today in terms of uh, content or personal content or whatever because there's not really much happening in the world of football. There's just rumours and bullshit, really, isn't there? Which is, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to call my autobiography, Rumours and Bullshit. Great name. Yeah, my uh, my wife's Nana. Uh, I'm going to put the code word out there, Nancy, because she's uh, she's not well today. She uh, calls herself the family mushroom because she says she's um, kept in the dark and fed bullshit. So, well done, Nancy. You are today's code word. We'll start off today with um, the uh, transfer news slash rumors for uh, for what little crumbs they are available. There has been one that's sort of. Pretty much done now, isn't it? It's waiting for the uh, I's to be dotted and the T's to be crossed on your size. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, probably a good place to start. I mean, you're looking at the agreement of Calvin Phillips transferring to uh, to Manchester City for a fee rumoured. And I always say rumoured because you never quite get the small print of £45 million pounds plus £3 million add-ons. I'm assuming it'll be appearances, winning league medals, etc. You know, the usual guff. Not like Manny with his, you know, buying chihuahuas and uh, learning <laughs> Spanish, even though he's... You know, move to Germany. So move, maybe learning German maybe more appropriate. But um, yeah, three million add-ons. I mean, the, the thing about this, I don't want to sort of dwell on it because it's a transfer news piece. But I am all for Phillips moving to City, and I've got I've got about fifty reasons to at least when I want to sort of like, agree or disagree with me. But the main three I've got is he's twenty-seven next up. So you know, he's, he's had a lot of years at Leeds, and he's, he's he's been a servant. You know, he's been in the League One days and back with us. And albeit he weren't sort of the player he was now in League One. Of player he is now in League One, should I say? It's you know it's still the same thing, and I think he deserves to win stuff. Is he going to win a medal at Leeds at the next four or five years? Probably not. Let's be honest with you, Craig. It's not going to happen. And yeah, for me, it's probably the right time. And yeah, I think a lot of people mind about the fee of forty-five million, saying we deserve more. But the thing about I want to say about that is, a he had a crap season last year. In reality, he was injured for the majority of it. When he came back, he looked like he was leaving. As I've called out on this very podcast. And a few people have got to touch me since the news brought to say, oh, you've been saying that for weeks. Yes, I have. And then for me, you know, his age combined with last season, combined with the fact that he's got two years off on his deal, you're paying for kind of, the England premium aside, and we know there is one of them, I just think if he's probably all right, if I'm honest with you. Some of these fans will say they want 60, 70 million. Is it worth that these days in today's market? Nah, not based on recent times. 45 for me, snap the land off. Take the 3 million add-ons, whatever they're going to be if they do come. And yeah, that's it. But now I want to wish him all the best genuinely from me and I, I hope it's, it's a move that benefits him and he you know, wins stuff be a good luck to you Calvin if I'm honest Do you think he's going to be a success though or do you think he's going to be next Jack Rodwell or Fabian Delph or oh, they're not exactly 
they hit and miss, aren't they, with um, English talent as City? So for every Raheem Sterling, there's a Jack Grealish, isn't there? So it's hard for me in that one. Uh, like I said, we've spoke before, haven't we? And I said that he's a £25 million with a £20 million English premium. So yeah, from what I've read, it's 50-50, really. Half at Leeds fans are saying, oh, we've done brilliantly, that's brilliant business and stuff like that. And then the other half at Leeds fans are like, no, I wanted £700 million for him and fucking I wanted, you know... Um, Aguero in part exchange and Bernardo Silva in part exchange and Edison and pa- is the best player that Leeds have ever created in the world so it's hard with that one uh, I do think he's a good player but I think he had a shit season last season and most of the time if not all the time you're judged on your fucking last performances aren't you so yeah, to say that you're a £45 million pound based off the season that you had last season is a pretty decent fee isn't it? it's, it's a reasonable fee his last and I season, think one thing I will mention. Sorry, Craig. No, go on. You... Is uh, in terms of like music, his his last season were fucking Nickelback, wasn't it? He might have had a bang at <laughs> season before, but like last season was Nickelback, wasn't it? Dog shit, half injured and half didn't play. So, and then like you said, when he came back, did he want to be there anyway? So, if you want to be out at door and you're getting forty five million pound for him, not a bad deal. Like Mane, he wanted to be out at door and. Uh, He's all but well. I say he's all but done. He's, he's been revealed and unveiled and everything, aren't he? and he's done interviews and stuff yeah. like that. So he has gone now. Now I've got a bit of a worry with what with uh, with Mane going. He's gone because he wanted a new challenge. So a new challenge in terms of what Mane is. He's won everything, hasn't he? He's won Premier League, Champions League, and all the cups that you can win in English football. Now for me, that's worrying because any player can now that's pretty much in that Liverpool squad can use that as an excuse to get out. If they want, well, I've won everything that you can win. I want to, I want to get out. He's even won AFCON, didn't he, to uh, Demane. So yeah. even then he's, he's got international success as well as domestic success. So anybody in that team now can just turn around and say, well, I want a new fresh challenge. It was like I had champ manager years ago. And don't get me wrong, I used to fucking, you know, do the old cheat, control, alt, delete and close it down when we were losing. So I, I won every game <laughs> ever. So I best manager that's ever existed. And I had Mignolet in net. And then it, it got to like 10 seasons and I'd created him into an absolute beast. But after like 10 seasons, he said he wanted a new challenge. I was proper offended. Like, And then you look at him and he's like, you've won fucking Champions League 10 times, 10 leagues in a row, 10 cups in a row. You're like, yeah, fair enough. You probably do want a challenge. But they've, he's come out and recorded his money and said all this stuff with his wage thing's a load of shit. It's a load of bollocks. Even his agent has said the money that they've been, been banding round that Liverpool offered him. He were already earning more than that when he signed from Southampton. So it goes to show it's all fucking media hype. It's all a load of bullshit. But yeah, good luck to him. I said it last time, good luck to him. And um, there is another out, and that's Mr Minamino. who's gone to Monaco for uh, an overall fee of 15.5 million after uh, add-ons. I'm not sure how many chihuahuas he's got to get or overhead kicks. Pretty sure he's, um, he's not going to be fluent in Spanish anytime soon because he's going to Monaco. But yeah, for me, I thought he was a decent player. I'm surprised some Premier League teams didn't go sniffing him. Especially think Leeds or people that are going to be fighting, or hopefully not fighting in terms of Leeds, but I, I think there should have been more teams in Premier League going for him. So yeah, that's uh, that's me on the uh, ins and outs, really. Well, in terms of ins, it's bullshit and rumours, isn't it? So there's nothing concrete. Yeah, it is. I mean, while we're on rumours, obviously there's the Rafinha thing to cover. So this is a weird one for me because as of now, Barca can't afford him. Selling De Jong to Man United might actually fund that, but then they might have their eyes on other targets because we talked about Maguire, weirdly, who want Maguire? Yeah. And is he worth 50 million? Definitely not. But yeah, Barca sort of looks off for him. Arsenal seems a bit front runner. 
But then I don't see benefits of going to Arsenal because he's going to get European football granted. If he ain't going to get Champions League, they ain't going to chase the title next season. If I'm honest, that's my opinion. And, you know, 65 million is the sort of, apparently the demand of Leeds, but I don't know whether they're going to be able to put 65 mil forward and they just pay 50 for Jesus. So, that being said, if they've got 115 million they want to spend, fair enough, but I just, I can't see it. And Newcastle are probably ended race today, but let's be honest with you, if you're a senior, what benefits that go to Newcastle apart from the fact that your wage will be fat and you'll have a decent wallet by end of the season because they're not going to, again, they're going to win up. They're not even in Europe at the moment either. So Newcastle for me are a non-starter for Rafinha. Arsenal, not a step, there's a step up, but it's not the elite step up that he thinks he wants. And I don't think he's keen by the sounds of it. And then, yeah, that's sort of that on Rafinha. But yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of rooms if you want me to sort of start and then we'll flick over. But one thing I, do, I did laugh about is Elder Costa. He's uh, didn't come back for training yesterday. He's basically... Yeah, he's done come with John, John Claude Van Damme, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he literally is, John. Costa did John it, Claude. didn't he? Diego Costa did it <laughs> yeah. for Chelsea. Must be a Costa thing. Must have fucked Costa up to Costa. But yeah, he's um, he's basically not come back for, for pre-season because <laughs> obviously players reported back yesterday, but not, non-internationals did, by the way, and then also international players the next week. But... Yeah, he decided that he didn't want to come back. And then there's only two strong rumours, but one of them made me laugh because there's this, I don't know if you know of him, a gentleman from Club Bruges by the name of Charles de Ketelier. Um, de Ketelier. I don't know how you pronounce his surname, but he's been sort of hailed as a new Kevin De Bruyne, Belgian international, young player. Potentially wants to come in as a false nine at Leeds because Marsh wants to try something different next season. And yeah, all the sort of, but this is it, it's hype, isn't it? It's like, is he the next Kevin De Bruyne? Because big shoes to fill. If he is the next KDB and it's only twenty five million for him, again that could be a Diaz level bargain. Not saying he's the same player. What I mean is, you paid thirty seven mil for Diaz and he was fantastic. Could we sign this kid at twenty five mil and he'd be an absolute steal and be one that really keeps us going? And then is he refusing? You know, one thing Leeds have got is is an ability to sign players that become better, better players. When we signed Rafinha, that was this time last year, wasn't it? Um, a year before, should I say, two years ago, when we signed him, everyone was like, yeah, hey, who's this Rafinha? You know, they're like, oh, 17 million. A bit of an unknown Brazilian player. Look at him now. He's subject to sorry, £65 million pound transfer speculation and Barca want him. So, for me, we've got a knack of finding these players. So, would it be any good? And then last one is that Tyler Adams I've mentioned to you before, Craig, from RB Leipzig. And again, I'll get them mixed up about 10 <laughs> yeah. times for end of this, this particular episode. But the only problem with that is the John Paul Augustin um, disputes hampering that deal. So Leipzig have kind of said, why do you want to do it when you're always 25 million or 19 million or whatever it is or 17? There's a figure out there. There's about 10 figures I've seen, but ultimately we owe a few million. Why are we going to sell this Adams and you're going to give us some money? Can we just knock it off your tab? <laughs> that's, your, that's your Augustine money. But um, yeah, while that's going through, I don't think Leipzig want to deal with us, but I don't 100% blame them because if somebody owed you, you know, 100 quid, yeah. you'd want it back, let alone 17, 18 million pounds. So that's the only solid rumour. So that's hampered by that. This, the Kettle it, it, it'd be a coup because he's, he's in demand potentially in the future in his career. But if we get him now, it might be a stepping stone for him. But are we bothered? Rafinha was a stepping stone. And look what happened. You know, he gave us a couple of seasons in the Premier League. So who knows, Craig? But they're, they're the only solids, but nothing of note fear right now so it's a bit quiet it's gone on January on us again isn't it yeah I think it's same for us to be honest I think we've been sniff- heard or rumoured to be sniffing around um, Rabiot Adrian Rabiot or Ariane Rabiot sorry yeah um, with Kater going other way and we've been rumoured to be sniffing around Rafinha now I don't know where the £65 million fee comes from I don't know if he is a £65 million pound. it's a lot of money that isn't it we had um, it is a lot of money we had somebody come out to price a kitchen up the other day 
uh, Rook's interested in a new kitchen. So basically, the cost of the kitchen and the cost of the fitting of the kitchen were pretty much the same thing. They wanted pretty much five grand to fit kitchen. I think that's what they used to doing with uh, Rafinha. They're pricing people out of it. Like, <laughs> well, just throw a massive number out there, and if somebody's willing to pay it, then, you know, kudos to them. If they've got the money to pay the £65 million, you know, silly money, isn't it? Let's just uh, throw one of them. You know, like when you see it on fucking um, them antiques dealer programmes, like, give me your silly money, give me your silly number. And they just go, uh, real yeah, deal. Yeah. Uh, I want 400 quid for it. Like, all right, I'll give you 200 quid. And they go, yeah, all right, then, yeah. You know, we just we just tried it on. I think Leeds are just trying it on with that 65 million. But if somebody's willing to pay it, I don't think Arsenal, I don't understand where Arsenal are getting their money from. They don't want for call. Have you seen how much their season exactly ticket that. prices are as well? They've just released the season ticket prices. Best part of a yeah. grand, isn't it? Yeah, and you can that's pay more than that for certain tickets. Yeah, if you want. the cheapest one's best part of a grand. That's fucking ridiculous, that. Not great, but I think, yeah, it seems like we've got no January again. I mean, we've joked about it in January. I mean, to be fair, we have three signings, Leeds. We've spent the Phillips money already on the three signings. Christensen, I'm really excited about, as I said, his, his goal involvement as a right-back is fantastic. You know, 18 goal involvements as a right back. I mean, that's that's Trent numbers in it, and I'm not saying there's another Trent. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But if he can replicate half that form at Leeds and chip into 10 goals next season, it's 10 goals that Rafinha might have scored. You know, so yeah, yeah the rumour mill sort of keeps going. But now we're back in training. The only thing about the one last thing I will say about Rafinha is Deco's not got long to get his finger out of his ass because the flight to Australia next week, and then pre-season starts week after. So if they're in Australia, they have to do a medical. What's going to do? Go to some outback doctors and get a medical done. So. I think they're going to struggle for um, yeah for getting that deal over the line if it don't get done this week. But yeah, we'll see. See if Arsenal have got any cash in the coffers. But yeah, the sixty-five million fees are massive. But I guess we're in a position where we don't have to sell him. So why not milk it for all you can milk it for? I guess we've never done that with a transfer before. But yeah, with Phillips going now, I know you said to me a lot that it, are they both going to go? I can see it, but is it ideal? No, it isn't. But it's like some Leeds fans on Twitter, they've all gone into meltdown mode. Like, oh, we're getting relegated. Four seasons even kicked off. We'll. You don't know, like, do you? You know, last season we had this same squad. We've added to this squad. Yeah, we've lost Rafinha and Phillips, but we had Phillips out for a long part, long part of last season. Yeah. I don't know. You know, at least we're adding to it, you know. Pre-season's key. I mean, it kicks off in less than, what, 17 days' time or something, our first game. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. The game against Melbourne, actually, at Aussie Tour. So, yeah, I'm looking, that's something we'll cover, obviously, in a future episode when we get into pre-season and what the plans are for our clubs. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, seeing how it plays out. Well, uh, we're rumoured to be getting rid of... for now. I mean, yeah. Let's not go all August again. We'll no. get together next week and it's like, yeah, nothing's happened. Salah's gone. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's <laughs> the rumour. Salah's going. That's, that's the uh, big rumour. I hope it doesn't happen. I can't see it happening. And to be honest with you, I think if it does happen, and I know it's a bit doom and gloom, I think we'll miss out on top three. And I know that's a bold statement, but you're asking a lot on Nunes when he ain't even kicked a fucking ball for Liverpool. And I know there's Diaz there, and I know there's Jota there. And then we've got Carvalho and whoever else come in and whatever else added, like you say, added to the squad from last season. But to lose a big chunk of your goals, top goal scoring, God knows how many seasons in past couple of seasons, can he be replaced? I don't know. Will he be replaced? I, I hope he don't go. And I think it, it were a bit of a threat. And I think it were a bit of a um, bit of a fuckhouse move, if I'm being honest, when he says, uh, I'll definitely be there next season. As if to say, if you don't sort my contract out, I will fuck off on a free. But... Who's to say? Who's to say? Right, and speaking of goal scorers, we've got a, a little segment that we're going to go on to, which is a continuation of an old segment, and it's a top three strikers. 
And I'm going to let Mark start with striker number three. I should have uh, put like a bit of music on there. You know, fucking I'm going to say goals, goals, goals. It would yeah. have been perfect, wouldn't it? I'm, the actual end of the... Yeah, I've, I've got the goals, goals, goals music for the end. So um, if, if Yeah, we can't, we can't do it twice. I've no, got to I know. It. It'll, uh, <laughs> it'll be milking it a bit, won't it? But yeah, like... Royal is a go at water for them. <laughs> yeah, Andy Gray's already emailed me. <laughs> Asking for more work. Live <laughs> version, Andy, Andy Gray. Yeah, I've, I've run out of work. trying to get on podcast for the past 20 weeks. <laughs> okay, there's first. He's got a bit first, I guess. So yeah, number three. This one I had because my number three is a, not controversial one, but let's just say Leeds fans don't have the best relationship with this guy. So I'll go into a little bit of uh, stat guy. And we signed him from Boa Vista in 1997 for <laughs> two and a half million quid. Um, now, he made, well, he, he basically scored 35 goals in 79 appearances for Leeds. And he got nine goals in 23 appearances for Netherlands, which might give more away. Last thing I'm going to tell you about him before I reveal his name is that he used to wear a little diamond stud in one of his ears. <laughs> So if you've not already guessed him, it's none other than the greedy Judas bastard that is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Now, this is weird because I've just called him a greedy Judas bastard. But um, yeah, the way he left Leeds, obviously he had an argument over wages and he decided to leave and join a flight coverage for 15 million after a few years at Leeds. But yeah, he sort of went on then and he went to Chelsea and he scored 87 times for Chelsea. You know, he, he shared golden boot actually whilst at Leeds. I don't know if you knew this, but he shared it on 18 goals and he tied with two players, one of which was Dwight York. Oh, five at year. Okay. I shouldn't have said that. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> it's too late now. He's he out there. I think he knows he's and a then, shit dad. He didn't really celebrate Father's Day, did he? <laughs> and then the next one, uh, Donut himself. No, Mickey Boy. Michael Owen, 18 goals. Um, so, yeah, that was the year that they all shared the golden boot, like Salah just did. But, um, yeah, we were a good player at Leeds, and I think he was pacey, you know, a small player, but he would just he could get him at these runs and stuff and he was excited and I remember him I remember the first time I saw him score against the Arsenal at Ellen Road and uh, Ian Wright got opener for them and then Basselman got equaliser so you know you're talking about Premier League era you're talking about an era where it would excite and the reason sort of I had to put him in there because I really enjoyed him at Leeds and I think 35 goals from 79 appearances is a good start and I think you know as much as he were a knob at end he went on to prove he could score goals he scored a lot of times at Chelsea like I said he won golden boot with Chelsea as well so, you know, he was always a natural goal scorer with Jimmy. And, you know, it was funny because he had Jimmy on his shirt because I saw him for too long. <laughs> Another good spot for you. <laughs> if you bought his shirt, you had to uh, you had to basically get just Jimmy up back because he had to stretch out back at sleeves. Yeah. So it was a bit too big. And it cost about 35 quid because it was like a pound a letter, <laughs> wasn't it? It was, but that's my, that's my number three. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, I don't like Jimmy. He came back against Leeds for QPR, just QPR manager, and he's not better, isn't he? But, um, yeah, whilst I wouldn't piss on him anymore if he on fire, at that particular point in time, he was one of my favourites of all time, so I can't deny history, can I? So yeah, that's my three done. Great, stri- uh, great striker, mediocre pundit. Uh, it, yeah, absolutely. It, it does appear on Sky Sports every now and again, and he likes to have a, a bit of a carry-on, doesn't he? Yeah, I he agree he's a very good striker. I think, is he up there in the uh, Premier League 100 club? Is he one of them? He is. I'm, I'm going to say, I, yeah. I can't see him not being up there, but yeah. I think he did obviously did better at uh, Chelsea than what he did at Leeds, but he actually gave uh, Chelsea a chance, didn't he? Whereas uh, he, he sort of fucks Leeds off, and uh, it's one of them that, like you said, is controversial, isn't it? But yeah, good, yeah. good shout out for number three. My number three is um, well, again, he, uh, there's a couple of little tenuous links. He uh, fucked off. Well, he came from Atletico Madrid, and he fucked off to Chelsea. So there's a, 
a couple of little ones in there for you, a couple of little, little nuggets. You probably got it by then. His uh, nickname was El Nino. He's the third top scorer, Spanish top scorer of all time. And that's Mr. Fernando Torres. He got 65 Premier League goals in 102 appearances. He got 24 in his first season for Liverpool. 81 goals in 142 appearances overall. Uh, he was fast. He could dribble, shoot from edge area, shoot from outside area, head up ball. His link-up play with Gerard at times were absolutely insane. I think, in terms, of, I think he was a modern striker. Now, what I mean by that is, he's sort of well, I say it, he's in the mould. Haaland's sort of in that mould of him now. He could press a player. Yeah. He could shoot. He could hassle players. Fast, go past, shoot. Um, hampered by injury, absolutely just plagued by injury, and sort of he's one of them that had the pace, and then every time he got injured that pace came off a little bit and then a little bit more. And then by end, when Chelsea came in for 50 million, they absolutely bit his fucking fingers off. But yeah, by that time, he was sort of dropping off anyway. And uh, we'd, I think we'd sort of squeezed all fucking juice out of him and it was just dregs that were left in bottom. But yet for when he first came, wow, what a player. I think he got put down as yeah. number 50 in um, Liverpool's top 50 players of all time. And that was like after he'd been at club for a year and a half. So that shows you what sort of impact he fucking made. He could he could absolutely terrorise teams at times. And you look at Atletico Madrid and the strikers that they've had and had to replace, Aguero, Torres, Forlan, um, well, like I said, just Jimmy, then Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, some uh, strikers that they've, they've had to replace is absolutely fucking insane, isn't it? Costa as well. And yeah, that, that, that's him for me, number three. Don't know if you've got any views on Mr. Uh, Fernando. Yeah, I mean, it was a good, a good, good striker, wasn't he? And I think for me, he was exciting. And one thing I mentioned about him was Kit Cartman, we even talked about Juice. You see the size of him now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's coaching at Atletico, and he does uh, under 23s, don't he? Under 21s, as it is next season. If that's the third up, same as I guess. But he's massive now. But now I think he was great. No part of that great Liverpool side, you know, that sort of never won a league, one of the one of them that he, he was sort of prolific, golden boot winner, things like that. But just like you say, didn't seem to never quite be part of a, of a winning side but yeah he's, he speaks to him saying the new record I think it's a great choice so I guess we snowballed into numero two um, this one's an interesting one for me now I'm, I'm going to give it a history away and lead songs that listen and non-lead songs that listen as long as we talk about it again but basically if I was to sing the chant I won't sing to you it's blank blank scored a fucking great goal in a scum shit hole now obviously Leeds fans will know that's going to be and I'm talking about none other than Jermaine Beckford now obviously he's famed for, for scoring winner at Scum in FA Cup I mean it's one of the Leeds fans they'll talk about now you know January 3rd 2010 some have got tiles on the bodies I'm not one of them I don't celebrate it annually like it's my birthday or something but <laughs> I can't ignore Beckford because he was he was the greatest striker I've seen outside the Premier League side he got 85 goals in 151 appearances for Leeds and all of those took place in League 1 he made the 10 appearances in Championship, didn't score, but then he went to Everton. He got his move based on his form of the previous season. So, for me, it was great. I mean, the great thing about Beckford, he was the, the Jermaine Beckford of his... Uh, sorry, Jermaine Beckford. He was the Jamie Vardy of his era because he, he signed from Wheelstone on Wheelstone Raider. <laughs> that made me laugh when I thought about that. But he signed from Wheelstone. You've got no fans. So, he signed from Wheelstone for free and obviously became a, a Premier League player. So... He didn't quite have a transition like Vardy did from non-league to Premier League, but via League One, he went to Everton, didn't he? But yeah, I think for me, Beckford, the biggest moment I've got at Beckford is that winner that he scored against Bristol Rovers to send Leeds up. You know, the, the, when he got my last game, we talked about that before, don't we, Craig? Yeah. 
about games I'd want to go back to in an earlier episode. But the fact he got that second goal at Bristol Road against Bristol Rovers at Ellen Road to send us up was yeah was magical. So yeah, Beckford and Becky had a great partnership, and Becky nearly made my list, but out of those two so I didn't want to have them both in there because everyone knows my number one I mean I, I idolise the guy so no one's going to know No, it's obvious who my number one's going to be everyone knows this but yeah Jermaine Betford number two a solid choice and I think yeah it, it was good at that level not quite a Premier League striker but I think he'll admit that himself so he didn't do that well at Everton did he but um, yeah great guy as well still got links to City his son still sort of his son's in academies now but yeah he's, still, he's on Leeds related podcasts and TV shows all the time he's Beckford so he's very much still a, a Leeds fan for want of a better word and that's my number two. Another footballer slash turn pundit. He's a, he does quite a bit of pundit, doesn't he? I remember the uh, the does. goal against Scum, and I, that's probably the the biggest celebrations I've ever seen in Walkabout Pub. And there was some uh, carrying <laughs> on in Walkabout Pub at best of times. So yeah, I remember going to watch that match because I ended up going to work pissed after it in the old uh, yeah, in the old blockbuster days. Yeah, good choice there, number two. I've gone with my number two. Uh, he signed just after his 24th birthday for just under £23 million, which were a bit of a big fee back in them days. Controversial player, um, scored for fun. Last, last, season, last season he scored 11 goals in La Liga, which is his lowest total in the league that he's played for since the 11-12 season. So that's his lowest goals return in league in 10 years. So he's consistently scored more than that. He scored nearly 200 goals in total for Barcelona. 198 goals for Barcelona he scored. And I might as well double play as the agent here. He's going to be available for, on a free in July. Aged 35. So I think he's uh, I think he's still got a bit of uh, life in him. Very, very controversial. Prone to a touch of racism. Prone to a touch of biting people. Um, in his final season for us, he scored 31 goals in 33 games. Not a single one of them goals were a penalty. He also had 12 assists in that season. It's tricky, hard to mark. Scored, he used to absolutely terrorise Norwich. Some of his goals against Norwich, I think he was in a, a goal at season campaign against himself when he played Norwich. Another uh, little fact about this this guy, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bitey Man, apart from the fact that he can eat an apple through a tennis racket, he's got a daughter called Delphina, which I think is good because it's an anagram of Anfield. So he named his oh, daughter. Really? Yeah, I thought that was a little classy touch. And the classy person we are talking about, I think that's probably the only time he's ever been called classy in his life. <laughs> Fucking hell. And it's Mr. Luis Suarez. Now, he, he has pro, been prone to controversy, but I've never seen a person that can nutmeg another person like he has. He, he just, you know, like when you're in primary school and there's always that one kid that's so much better than everybody else and he just runs rings around him. He was like that. Absolutely scary player. Scary player. And I think... In a way, we're a bit, a bit the opposite of Torres. Torres sort of hit the ground running and then got shitter, whereas Suarez hit the ground and he were all right, and then he just got better and better and better, and then obviously bit another player and tried to get his move. It wasn't the first time he bit someone. I think he bit Ivanovic, didn't he? I think he bit somebody when yeah. he were at Ajax, and I think he bit somebody else. So he does like a good bite every now and again. I think, weirdly enough, when Barcelona signed him, they had a clause in his contract to say that they were going to fucking dock his wages like he, he didn't get any money if he bites someone I'm sure they had like a weird biting clause in his contract I'm sure that were a thing but yeah absolutely sensational player Luis Suarez I'd, um, as a human being bit if he wanted I mean like when he handballed it and fucking cost Ghana he's absolutely hated in Ghana because he cost them fucking their place in the World Cup didn't he remember he handballed it online yeah. and then uh, 
Uruguay ended up winning on penalties. But if Mr. Nunes can be half the player that Suarez was, we've got a player on his hands. So, yeah, that's my number two. I mean, I'm a fan of Suarez. I always have been. I buy him on FIFA every year, <laughs> weirdly, as it is an ultimate team. I love getting him. I just, for some reason, I like him. And I would sign him up to Morris. I've already said to you, aren't I, that if Suarez is available, I would go in for him. And I said to Lucas, give him 10, 15 million in wages if that's what he wants for a season. Because you, you could pay a fee, couldn't you, to a club and you won't get a striker of that calibre for that amount of money. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it'd be interesting because, yeah, it might be controversial. But we've, we've had two before, haven't we? So, to be fair, down, you know, you, you've had one, you've had them all, haven't you? So, it's an absolute yeah, step I think down, for yeah. me, he's classy. And, yeah, I mean, he was part of that team, wasn't he? You know, that team. I don't even need to tell the Liverpool fans, no. they even need me to tell them what that partnership was. But, that, yeah, he was part of that front three that were just frightening. And even when Sturridge was a player, and he were decent, you know, he were part of that, that strike force that nobody could beat. And that time that you were nearly, nearly won that league title. Partnership, but nah, he was fantastic. Yeah, absolute quality player. I did like him. Do you know what? For me, he sort of fits into the mould of a Leeds player. Likes to get stuck into a tackle. Not afraid of carrying a bit of controversy, but fuck me, he can score. And I think, for me, he he'd start over Bamford. You can't... You can't compare them to and say that Suarez won't start over Bamford. He's won everything, hasn't he? He's a serial winner wherever yeah. he's gone. He's won. I think. I think he read it. He scored over hundred goals for Ajax before he moved to Liverpool. So, and I think he was in like a club with like Van Basten and stuff like that. There's not that many players that have scored over hundred goals for Ajax. So yeah, he's up there everywhere he's gone. And to be 35, he's still got a bit left. He'd have him round just for experience, and I know. It might yeah. follow him a bit with the negative stuff, but yeah, I, th- I think I'd have him in my team. And uh, this this moves us on nicely to number one, Mark. And I know yours it is. Does, uh, so this I is, know yours straight away, yeah. Brian Dean. Well, yeah, I wobble all in, but um, yeah, I might spoil <laughs> that for me. No, this one it's an easy one. I mean, everyone that knows me knows there's one there's few players in, in Leeds history that stand out for me, but I idolise this guy. Now, the first thing I'm going to give you about him, not as even a stat, it's a fact. I started eating Yorkshire puddings as a kid because of him. <laughs> so, um, randomly, and you'll know this because it's one of our mutual acquaintances, Steenie's mum delivered his baby. Uh, when he should have midwife. Old Mary. Did you ever know that? So Steenie's mum delivered his baby and basically, um, they were talking and there was a rumour going round that, yeah, he liked Yorkshire puddings as a pre-match meal. That's what made him sort of love Leeds and love Yorkshire. So Yorkshire puddings were rumoured at that time to be a, a food. So I used to have them before I played. So I'd insist upon having Yorkshire puddings every single time I played football. And it probably weren't greatest to do loading up on cards while you go play football. But ultimately, yeah, I know you love it, Greg. I can see you laughing. All of you listeners can't see you laughing. Yeah. I know it's creased you up, but it's not over that. And, and obviously, even. I, Everyone will uh, know it. It's Tony Abawa. I mean, yeah, there's no, there's no other man than Tony Abawa. I idolised him. And um, funny enough, Lucas got given a picture from our father, from my father in law the day, and it has old, old Leeds players on it. And it's got like Gary Speed on it, Shrakens on it, I think Batty's on it. Right in the middle of this picture is Tony Abawa. And Lucas went, I'm putting that in my room. And I said, hmm, you're definitely not, mate. I said, I'm having that. So once I get my little podcast studio I built in my house, I'm going to have that front and centre. So you ain't having that because it's got my main man on it. But yeah, Tony Abawa signed from Eintracht Frankfurt for three and a half million, well, 3.4. Obviously, with Ghanaian international, his record internationally were actually fantastic. He got 59, sorry, 29 goals in 59 games for Ghana. So that's not a bad return. And then for Leeds, he got 50, he got 30 goals. Some stats say 32. There's loads of different stats. I've used Transfer Market for my stats today, and I do that a lot now because they seem quite reliable. 57 appearances, 30 goals for Leeds. I'm going to go with the 30 goals. 
obviously the highlights of his goals were Liverpool and Wimbledon that stand out two goal of season contenders his hat against Monaco was one that I thought were great because his third goal against Monaco he saw Chester he was back to goal spun round and like hit it in that top corner and I just thought what a goal that went your way for Cup in 95-96 that was but yeah I think the thing about Tony his goals were varied he could hit a ball from 35 yards he could be online and get a tapping you know much to people's dismay but I was sad with Tony Ball because like I said I absolutely if he brought out you know tattoos of him and I'd have been 12 with Tony Ball tattoo on my arm and stuff I, just, I loved him and I think you know what happened there is he got injured and then George Graham came into Leeds and they just didn't like each other but he went on to still score a lot of goals he went and, he went to play in Germany and he got a lot of goals in Germany after leaving Leeds and um yeah, he was just an hero man. I mean, he was just one of them. You know, he was exciting and his celebration. He saw when he used to put his finger out like this and he'd be pointing. And I used to try and, you know, try and emulate that celebration. Even if we're on park and my mates, it'd be like, Tony Yeboah. And every time someone hits crossbar, and now even now to this yeah. day, I'm also Yeboah that. Still Yeboah. You know, Lucas did it the other week. I'm a month playing football. He underside at crossbar. Just happened to bounce wrong side at line. But I was like, oh, you do know that Yeboah then. And it's always going to be Yeboah. So, yeah, my number one. There were no real arguments in that. And um, like I said, Still a Yorkshire bodies to this day because of that man. And um, other than that, he gave me some memories. I mean, yeah, I'll never forget that goal. I mean, Liverpool fans are like, mm, just talk about that. But I was there and, you know, I saw that happen. And, and to be witness to goals like that, you can't you can't knock it. You know, you saw as soon as it left his foot, you're thinking, is it going to? And then it, you know, the crossbar was shaking for about yeah. two minutes after that goal. Two it was minutes. just shaking for about half an hour after that. Well, shaking now. I mean, he, he used to hit them, but then, like I said, he used to hit all, all varied types of goals. But yeah, had to be in there. So quite deservedly number one. But yeah, that's him. Good player, good goals. I'm um, really intrigued by yours because Suarez were up there. I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited to watch two who number one's going to be. So we genuinely didn't know. Did we didn't tell each other each other number one? So right, we've we caveat these sort of opinion things as exactly that. They are opinions. So there are players out there that have scored more goals than him. There are players out there that have scored better goals than him. And we all know, and we're all more than aware, football did not start when the Premier League started. However, the Premier League started in what, 91 or something like that? 90, when Leeds, when did Leeds win the last league? That was 92, so it was so, 90, yeah, yeah, so 92, 93, won it first yeah. Premier League. yeah. Because Leeds are renowned for being the last true champions or something like that, aren't they? Lose that for loose, loose claims of fame, isn't it? But yeah. that's what we still do try and claim it. Well, but... Yeah, before Sky Sports came in and absorbed football, whether they made it better or worse, that's a, that's a probably a full podcast on its own. Anyway, this guy scored all his goals in the Premier League and he's known to Liverpool and Liverpool fans as God. And that's that's pretty much all the nicknames that you need to know for him. Scored 163 Premier League goals, including some for uh, your team, Mark. 183 goals in total for Liverpool. Local lad done good. Uh, 128 Premier League goals over two stints for Liverpool. And I am talking about Mr Robbie Fowler. Absolutely love the guy. For me, he is what your bower is to you, really. You grow up and you want to emulate that striker. You see him on pitch and you want to do what he does. He could score from anywhere. Little back lift, just absolute pure power. I've never seen a striker with such natural finishing ability. He can he can hit them from anywhere. Great first touch. He's scored a, a brilliant goal against Villa where he's sort of flicked it round back heel. Then he's just smashed it from outside of his foot, gone in. Striker's instinct, absolute striker's instinct. He could score every type of goal. Daisy cutters, chips, lobs, megs. Again, another player that were proper plagued by injuries. 
I've uh, I've watched a couple of interviews with him, obviously, over years, and he said he didn't particularly want to leave Leeds. So that's a that's another bonus for him in in terms of the podcast. But yeah, I absolutely love the guy. He were a great player, and uh, as Mark's more than aware, Mark used to take piss out of him when he was a Liverpool player. And then as soon as he signed for Leeds, best natural finisher in the league. Mark used to take piss out of him because he had his uh, his plaster on his nose. He's a uh, I can't breathe, mm-hmm. fucking plaster. And uh, obviously, <laughs> as everybody knows, that makes you run faster. That fucking thing. It, it he had a big nose anyway, like so. God knows what he needed that for. But yeah, for me, I couldn't pick anyone else. I know there's Ian Rush that scored seventy five point five billion goals, but you know that wasn't nineteen twenties or whenever it was. I know it won in 20s, Jesus, I'm taking the piss, I'm being facetious. But yeah, Ian Rush scored a lot of goals before I was born uh, and when I was too young to you know, care about football and stuff. But for me, it's Robbie Fowler all the way. And uh, yeah, there is Michael Owen and stuff, great honourable mention. And I'm sure Mark probably wanted to mention Viduka as an honourable mention with his four goals against us. But yeah. Yeah. There was stuff like that, yeah, and there were, um, yeah, there's little things like, um, you know, Michael Bridges, one of my potentials, Luciano Vecchio, as I've talked about before, he was sort of in there with a shout, and you look back and you think there's, there's others like Viduka, he obviously, you know, did well, I mean, again, Viduka left under a bit of a cloud because he decided that he wanted to, you know, be bigger than club, and, and he just sort of lost his rag when we got relegated, didn't he, and, you know, got sent off and then missed the last couple of games, but... It's not, I suppose, it's not always how you end, that's what's what you do while you're there, isn't it? But I think if you leave bad blood with a club, it, it, it sours people. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely. why I still think we're a bit of a contentious one for me. But I look back on the time at the club more fondly than I do, you know, what they've done at the very end, because nothing really ends nicely. You could say that about Calvin Phillips, who's leaving Leeds. You could be bitter about it, or you can be just accepting of what he's done while he's here, can't you? But I think great choice for number one, by the way. I think Fowler played for both clubs, so great, great shot. And I think, yeah, I just can't, yeah, I can't knock him for what he did. Yeah, he just set Mickey out of him, and obviously everyone knows he had his off-field problems, but he responded to them in, in a fashion, in a very famous way when he sniffed the police sideline, didn't he, when he scored <laughs> that goal. So, you know, he yeah, it was sort of known, but yeah, Mr. Property now, and he owns about 9,257 yeah. houses, doesn't he, and he's worth about 800 million quid or something. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's a great shout. And I, I kind of thought you might lean towards him, but like you said, it's our era. You might sit and talk to somebody that's 60-year-old that might name three different strikers. Exactly. You might speak to someone that's 80 that names three more. It's all about your generation. And, you know, it's not always about who's the greatest all-time scorer. It's about who influenced you as a, as a player and as a fan of that player and that team at that time. So, yeah, good good choices in there. I think we've both done it justice, if I'm honest. We'll be talking to people in a couple of years' time and they might be choosing Manu as their best ever Liverpool player. So, yeah. it swings and roundabouts, and it? it's like, say, that were our era growing up getting into football and football's all all absorbing, all consuming. At that time, we didn't have internet or anything like that. We just had what we could watch. So I remember going to watch football. I used to watch all games with my granddad because my dad really didn't give a shit about football. He were, um, he were more of a rugby person. So that's why I'm a, a Rhinos fan and a Liverpool fan. So I got passed on to my granddad. He used to watch it in... He used to have like a spare room. He used to go watch all games with my granddad in that. And he used to watch it in fucking pitch black. It's probably why I've got glasses now because my granddad pagged my eyes. Don't know why. Every match, pitch black, apart from telly. Telly on full brightness, <laughs> I was pitch black. Crushed Velo fucking curtains. Got And they used to eat stuff and he'd just smear it into TV remote. So you'd try to fucking turn channel on for him and your fucking fingers would be sliding over lubed buttons. He was just fucking rubbing food into it. But yeah, they're, uh, they're our era, aren't they? And uh, speaking of our era, we've got another one. 
and um, we've got a little segment that we're going to relive here, and it is the one game segment that you'd like to relive, re, 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 uh, go over, have a redo, if you'd like to go over yours, yeah. Mark. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the one that I've chosen is basically what we sort of said we'd do, didn't we? I went to look at last season and sort of pick out a really sort of poignant game that, that sort of I enjoyed. And to be honest, I would, I would try to pick something before the podcast. So we came on, didn't we, in January and started doing this. And I sort of wanted to go back prior to that, but I couldn't find out if I'm honest. So we win against Watford, we win against Norwich. But again, both are kind of expected. The one I want to go for is Sunday 16th of John 2022 which was West Ham 2, Leeds United 3. Now, that was featured on episode 1 or 2 of our podcast. The reason I wanted to sort of pick that out was because it, it kick-started a good month for us, and it was against the top four chasing side at that point in, in London, which is obviously a difficult place for Leeds to win. So we basically, you know, went there with seven missing players, five through injury, two through suspension, and, um, sorry, seven injuries, should I say, and two through suspension. So we had nine players missing from our first-team squad, and we put together a team. Phillips Cooper, Geldart, you know, they were all out. You know, we, we were missing quite a bit. So basically, it was a great game because 10 minutes in, Addison makes it 1-0, doesn't he? And the, uh, you know, crowd goes mad 10 minutes in. You're winning in London. 34 minutes, Jared Bowen equalised and made it 1-0 for, for, for the game. Addison then goes up over the end for three minutes later and makes it 2-1. You're thinking, right, OK, game on. So we sort of got to half-time and I think at that point I expected us to lose. I thought we'd put six passes in second half and then basically it was one of them, wasn't it? But, um, yeah, that was sort of one that, that, that stood out for me. And um, yeah, the, the second half came, Farnells, or Farnells even, how you want to pronounce his name, made it 2-2. 52 minutes gone and it was like, right, okay, we're going to probably lose this game now, as I did a lot of last season. Then 60th minute comes and your goal of this season was scored. Now, interesting, when we gave out of our awards, you picked out Alisson Strike against West Ham when he killed it in that corner. I sort of opted against that goal. I don't know why, because thinking back, actually, it should have been, uh, been up there as a, as a goal I called out but yeah that was just a cracking game you know 3-2 leads I thought right okay don't lose lead again really nervous last few minutes at game and then lo and behold you know we get to injury time and, and interestingly Jared Bowen missed that save didn't he he came in a box and rather than it in at back and net chested it over bar and it was 3-2 and we took three points from London it kick-started a month where we gained about six seven points from that month because we got a win a couple of weeks after that as well so I just think that was one where it Last season, we looked poor for the majority of it, but that one game where actually we took a game to a team away from home that were the top four prospects at that time. And yeah, I loved it. So yeah, that's my sort of relive game of last season. If I can go back and watch that again, I think I would. I ain't recorded it, sadly. I know someone out there probably recorded it every time they did on Sky, but yeah, if I wanted to, I could get the highlights, I guess. But um, yeah, I won't mind going through that again if I knew it was and I could enjoy it a little bit more because it was quite tense. Well, I, I took it on its literal basis and I went back even further than last season. I did enjoy that game last season. Cause I think Liverpool must have been playing at the same time because I was sort of looking backwards and forwards. Yeah. And I think he chested it over right at the death, didn't he, did Jared Bowen? I think that cost me about yeah, 200 literally. quid. That. I think he, he went on a sky boost for um, two shots or three shots on target or something like that. And uh, while I was happy to see Leeds get something out of that, I wasn't happy that fucking he didn't at least chest it to keep and it didn't get counted as a fucking shot on target because it cost me a load of money <laughs> as uh, as last season did but yeah my game I went um, back to the primitive all the way back to the 3rd of April 1996 now I have spoken wow. about this game previously on the podcasts because it's uh, it's one of them white noise things that puts me to sleep and I don't mean that in a good way I mean it in the fact that I know what happens and I can enjoy it because of what happens now at the time like I've just said, 
I was watching it with my granddad in pitch black, with my fucking with TV brightness on full, getting an headache, suffering from migraine, aged whatever I was, what I was, will have been, 85, 11. But yeah, it was the game, Liverpool 4, Newcastle 3, and it's pro- pro- it goes up there as one of the greatest Premier League games of all time, let alone one of my favourite games. It was like a basketball game. You attack, we attack, you score, we'll score. And it were at the time as well where Scum were up there, Newcastle were up there and Liverpool were up there and they were all chasing for, chasing Premier League. And unfortunately, that win for Liverpool was celebrated probably more by Scum fans than what Liverpool fans celebrated it because it pretty much gave them the league. Now, I can quickly go through the goals for you, the basketball goals. Now, Mr Robbie Fowler, I've just spoke about, he scored an header after two minutes to get the ball rolling for Liverpool. And then... Uh, Lesbian Ferdinand, or Les Ferdinand, or Leslie Ferdinand. I can never remember what he's, uh, he's going by now. That was a joke. It wasn't meant to offend anyone. Uh, Les Ferdinand <laughs> scored 10 minutes, one all. I don't know what James were doing for that one. He sort of put his hands up as if he were fucking trying to catch a fish or something, like a salmon out of water, and it's just gone through him. It was like paper. So I don't know what happened there. Four minutes later, David Ginola... A Premier League for me, he's, he's. I don't know if he is, but he should be inducted into Premier League Hall of Fame. I think he was an absolute class player, you know. Like, I know he had, uh, yeah, he he's had some uh, problems lately with his uh, heart, and I hope he's better with that. But yeah, he scored again. Mark Wright tried playing him offside, proper shit offside trap. Ginola's has gone through one on one, slotted it past keeper, and you're thinking, oh great, it's going to be one of them fucking games. Managed to get to half time without any more goals, although there were chances both sides. Come back out, 55 minutes, Robbie Fowler, two all. He just took a first-time shot just inside area, just gone in. Great goal, great finish. Again, natural finisher, great striker at ball. And then, what, two minutes after that? And he's a, he's a, he's a cult player, Mr. Faustino Asprea. Can you remember him? He was an absolute class player, him. He was one of them cult players. Yeah, he was. P- Piss-poor defending again by Liverpool. Uh, I think they've tried playing another offside trap when everybody was still pretty much on halfway line. One pass has cut out about 65 midfielders and it's just gone through. James has just rushed out because I think he wanted to shake his hand or whatever and fucking he's just slotted it straight past James. There you go, great. And then it's 3-2 to Newcastle. Now, 67th minute, Mr Stan Collymore. I don't know why it didn't really work out for for uh, Collymore at Liverpool. He could have been one of them that scored absolutely billions but in end it just didn't work out for him. Well, ball's been whipped in by um, Mr. McAteer, Jason McAteer, or as he's uh, more commonly known to Liverpool fans, two tricks, because apparently he's as thick as Trigger from um, Only Fools and Horses. He's as thick as two of them, so he's known as two tricks. He's uh, whipped ball in and Colomar sort of flicked it on, and then it's uh, free all. Now, this last goal goes down in folklore history. I was watching a programme with uh, John Barnes, that soccer, soccer summit, you know, with Gary Neville. He's up in the loft. I was watching that with him last night and Barnes, he were on that one. And it goes, <coughs> Barnes, Rush, Barnes, Collymore, and then Collymore scores. So Barnes plays a little one-two with Rush, who's, uh, I think he's in his 90s at this point. Plays a nice one-two with him and then he feeds Collymore in. 90 plus two and Collymore scores, wins it, absolutely breaks Newcastle's arts. In a weird way, it breaks Liverpool's arts because it pretty much gives fucking scump league. But I was looking into some of the uh, the stats from that match, you know, sort of putting a modern spin on on an old classic game. 
And Liverpool had 10 players that were English in starting lineup. And McAteer were the only non-English player and he were Irish, which is weird. You don't even see that in it these days, do you? 11 British players in starting lineup. Liverpool had 29 yeah. shots. I know it's weird that though, isn't it? You think from what the Premier League was, 11 British yeah, players in starting rare. lineup. And then God, I think, I remember, didn't did Arsenal play a starting lineup under Wenger that didn't have any English players in it whatsoever? Yeah, they were sure famous, they won't be, yeah. Yeah. Which is it's it's weird, really. It just shows you the drop in uh, English football, which is weird because you pay a premium for an English player. That's probably why, because they're that fucking rare now. Uh, we had twenty nine shots, nine on target, sixty three percent possession, and twelve corners. And uh, with, in that Newcastle team, they had some absolutely quality players: Aspria, Ginola, and Ferdinand. What a team they had! They were uh, very unlucky to not to not go out and and, uh, and win that league. But yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, game that I'd like to live again. I have done. I had it on VHS. Like it. I used to watch it all the time. So I've, I've relived that one. A very few famous times. game. That. Good yeah, game. very famous game. Obviously, I've seen highlights of that numerous times. It went down as one of the greatest Premier League games of all time, didn't it? So um, yeah, cracking choice. I think it's one that um, yeah, if you saw it again, you know, again, your heart's up and down at the time. You sort of don't know where your emotions are, but looking back, if you know you're going to get that result. What a game to watch, but obviously don't always like that, does it? So no, unfortunately not. Yeah, good shout. That's uh, that's that done. See, I think that leads us to yeah, leads us to sort of our last bit of business, which is recent headlines. Now, I've picked out a couple of bits here, um, and again, the notes and notes, it's, it's scraps in it, but we like to put this section in as a bit of what's going on in the football world. But first one I want to touch on um, is is Bale. Got a Bale signing for LAFC now. Twelve month deal, option of an extension, depending on how he gets on. For me, there's a two questions here. Isn't there? There's, was there any Premier League moves available for him? And secondly, will that move actually resurrect his career off of his bank account? Because, you know, it's probably one of their marquee signings. They'll get a decent whack for it. Play a nice bit of golf somewhere, probably in LA. Some nice, you know, play, play with actors and shit. Hollywood stars and Bale playing golf. But um, I don't know whether that's a move just because, you know, he, he feels like he wants to get paid. Because for me, he could have got a move to Premier League. I bet Spurs have taken a chance again. Southampton might have got took him back, you know, as a bit yeah. of a come back to you by your club you know Leeds I'm not saying we are ever in for Bale or we needed Bale because we've got you know it, Bale's equivalent of Dan James which you could say hi was not, <laughs> yeah. not as good a player but he still gets it Wales team so um, yeah it, 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 I don't know what, what's like your thoughts on that but I think for me it's probably not the best move MLS is getting better the standard of it is getting better well into the striker Castillion uh, from New York who's um, a great player I've seen him because I followed MLS for a few years I haven't watched it as much recently but, you know, it's a better standard than it was when it first started. But obviously, I don't know, for me, Bale's probably done the wrong thing there. If you wanted to still be a football player, he could have had a better challenge than MLS. But I don't know what your what your thoughts are on that. Pelé went, didn't he, to uh, America. I don't know what it'll have been known as then. I would have thought that it would have been MLS back yeah. then. So it must have been going a while. But, yeah, I don't know. It, there, must have been, there must have been Premier League offers. And I know Cardiff were in for him, weren't they, and it, it were uh, one of them dream move boy up club sort of things, but he must have said you can't fucking yeah. afford me. I think he's got a bit of an overrated opinion of himself, if I'm being perfectly honest. Now his trophy cabinet will be a lot bigger than my fucking trophy cabinet, you know. I don't think he won't league with Liverpool in two thousand and seven on fucking football manager, but his Champs League medals will look a lot better than mine that I can buy on eBay or whatever, can't they? So as a footballer is is a uh, far better than I'll ever dream of being. But I think it's a bit of a He's just done it to line his coffers, hasn't he? He's probably done it 
get a bit of a better retirement fund. He'll do what that other bloke did, what he, and he'll uh, retire after a day and become a coach or something like that. Yeah, I think if you go to MLS, you're not going there to kickstart your career. A couple of years ago, everybody was going to China, want them and try to um, do it that way. But like, you can remember Oscar that used to play for Chelsea. He sort of fucked off, didn't he? He went to um, he went yeah. to China and stuff like that. But it's just it's, it's a just natural, a money move, isn't it? Natural thing, isn't it? You're not going to go there and uh, and then everybody's it, what what man he's going to get in Wales team whether he were playing for Cardiff or whether we were playing for fucking Bognor Regis, isn't it? Because I don't think Wales have got the players to replace him. Who's, who's going to replace him? Tyler Roberts. Like they ain't got that depth in that squad. Saying that they're not a bad team, they're not a world class team, but yeah, he's he's obviously gone there for the money, aren't he? So good luck to him. Um, hope he enjoys his um, his golfing career while he's out there because he'll probably be doing that more than playing football. Then again, he's probably going to be one of them players that go over there and break every single goal scoring record of all time in one season because the quality ain't the same. Is it? I won't even say it were championship level. If I'm being perfectly honest, it's probably a bit lower than championship. No, that's level, the thing. Good luck I've to watched him. a fair bit of it, and as I say, it's got better. But the thing that MLS lets them down for is they don't have relegation. And I was talking to a guy last night actually about the same thing at uh, Luke's football training and I was saying that, you know, they don't have the, the relegations. So every new team just joins and then they just crack on and it's, um, yeah, they don't actually get relegated. So no matter what you do, you ain't going nowhere. So it's, um, yeah, it's a rather interesting way to do it. But that's just, yeah, it's just how that league works, isn't it, for them. But yeah, it's interesting that that's, that's the move that he's, he's kind of got on that spot. So yeah, the next thing I wanted to run by, yeah, and it, it slightly controversial this one but Newcastle United have released a kit today um, that is basically green it's Saudi Arabia green <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it yeah it's like a third kit it was but, a while ago um, they've, they've released one, that yeah they've released that today and um, I just find that a bit controversial to be honest with you because yeah it's one of them that it's it's a kit that you know is going to I mean another Saudi links are already controversial enough due to certain things that they've done in their life and stuff, haven't they? The way they've, but again, we're not here to get into political shit, are we? End it there. We don't really need to go over that now. But I just find it funny that sort of Saudi Arabians, uh, the Saudi Arabians' influence on that club has now become uh, a bit more apparent, hasn't it, with that? So, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, there were much thoughts, obviously, apart from what I've said, but I don't know if you found that sort of comic or all like that. It's found it interesting. It's a weird one, isn't it? Um, I can't even remember what their away kit were anyway. Like... They've, they've never been associated with the green colours in the past, to my knowledge. So it's obviously a nod to their owners. We are beholden to you, and uh, thank you for all the money. Hopefully in in next five years we'll try to fucking win you something. That's sort of what that one is, isn't it? Because what else could it be? I can't imagine them you know, all going round to a board meeting, all sitting round the table and going, do you know what would be nice next season? Do you know what would be a really nice touch? We'll uh, we'll we'll do a nod back to the kit that we had in eighteen fifty one, the green one. Like no, it's uh, Saudi Arabia, is that pal? And uh, it's it's uh, it's one of them. At the minute, it, there's a lot of sport going to Saudi Arabia, isn't there? Without making a political podcast, a lot of golf's going out there, tennis is going out there. By all accounts, yeah. Joshua and Newsick are going out there, so it's where the money is. Weirdly enough, same as uh, Bale going to MLS. It's where the money is. Just goes to show you again, doesn't it, how far removed it is becoming from a working class sport to uh, to basically oil money. And it, the thing is, they've called it sports washing, aren't they? And it's basically what Abramovich has done for God knows how long. And uh, I've seen an interview with Eddie Howe saying, I don't condone what they do in, in terms of the human rights sort of stuff. 
but what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Which is fair enough, isn't it? Like, what what am I going to do? Stand up and, you know, say that you shouldn't be beheading people and stoning people on different streets. Everybody knows that. Fucking hell. It's it's not a, um, it's not a human rights thing. It's just a fucking general life thing. He knows that. Yeah, but he, it's what's, just a life thing, isn't it? What is he going to do? Is he going to go out there and start protesting and then lose his job? No. Is he going to get paid to shut the fuck up? Yeah, of course he is. A lot of people out there yeah. are probably taking moral high ground and saying, you know, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that. But if you're in that position, you're going to you're gonna toe the line, you're going to shut the fuck up and you're going to sign the players that you want because you're getting paid a whack. It's as simple as that. And that's, I think, yeah, the key with that. I thought it was funny because it had nothing to do with clubs. If Matt, if Matt on my team, we had a, I don't know, I'd like picking on colours, but let's just say we were going to go for a lime green away shirt. I'd be a bit like, why? Oh, because of the owner of that lime green. Uh, well, and that's not quite as simple as that. As I like in a colour, it's more of a nod to Saudi Arabia and the backers of that particular football club now. But yeah, I just think it's, I don't know, I don't know where that sits with me. I don't know if it makes me comfortable, the fact that you can choose your kit based on your owners. It's like a monopoly and a half, isn't it, with the club? So that was interesting one. And the final thing I've got, it's outside of Premier League, but it is around Wayne Rooney. And obviously, he's quit Derby. He's left. Maybe that's because of the failed takeover or the troubles they're having or the fact that he's got another job offered that we don't know yet about. But I, I guess the question I've got is, do do we think we'll see Wayne Rooney in Premier League this season? As in a manager, will somebody go? Will they take one at jobs? I don't think there's many jobs up for grabs at the minute. But if there's hope that, you know, hope that comes up, I think his name will be linked, you know, automatically for it. But do you think we'll see Wayne Rooney, the manager, in the Premier League this season and, and, and you know maybe one of the clubs that is gets with this bit you know that's standing relegation you know you've got you know the promoted times like your Forest I mean he's living over near Derby anyway so Forest would be a bit of a you know easy get to wouldn't it for him but yeah, who knows but I don't know what your thoughts are about that I don't know what you think about the possibility of Rooney being a Premier League manager It'd next be interesting season. wouldn't it I don't, I don't know where they'd go with him if I'm, if I'm being honest I know he's distanced himself from Everton saying that they're shite and he's, he's not the person to take him over, he's said it a few times, hasn't he? But where would he go? Like, I suppose it's, if you're looking at them, like you said, if you're looking at them struggling teams, Fulham, Forest, um, maybe Everton, but like I said, he's distanced himself for them. I can't see it next this season, maybe next season, but obviously there's going to be sackings this season, isn't there? If somebody's going to underperform and some poor bloke's livelihood is going to be up and uh, maybe he can slot into that. I don't know. It, I can't. I can't see it this season, but stranger things have happened, haven't they? So maybe, maybe I'm going with no, but I'm going with a distinct maybe as a as a caveat for that. No, the Everton would be the move for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. You think the natural progression to his career, but yeah, who knows what happens? You know, look at what happened with last year. We changed managers, and I wouldn't have thought that before the season started. Maybe after the season. I wouldn't have said to you at start of last season that Bielsa will be finishing season at Leeds, but um, that is just football for you, isn't it, as a sport? But I think that's, yeah, that is everything. And it is a shorter and sweeter version of it this week, but, you know, like we said before, there isn't a right lot going on, is there? So it's difficult when the uh, the footballing content is uh, is minimal as well. So, yeah, interesting. So that just leads me to the usual. I don't know if you've got any other business, Craig, any, any last sort of topics that you want to throw out there? No, no, it's like, um, you know, like when you win someone 7-0 and you're like, well, I can only play what's in front of me. That's that's us on this podcast today. We can only play what's in front of us and there aren't being that much happening. So we've squeezed a hockey day out of it. So thank you to everyone that's listening. Yeah, we've done that. Who knows? 
we keep on managing to do that week in, week out. I guess then it just flicks over to me same usual goodbye, doesn't it? And um, I know I say it week in, week out, and it gets boring for people potentially listening every week. But yeah, it, we are grateful to people who listen. And, you know, it, it's interesting with podcasting because you either have an audience that's huge because you're a celebrity, or you're like us and we're trying to grind it out every week in the hope that someone picks up on it and it grows legs and stuff like that. But it's very difficult to do this from our point of view when you know you're not we're not famous faces we haven't got millions of followers on social media and stuff like that so yeah I do appreciate every sort of listen every stat counts and stuff like that and it's people's time you know an hour a week an hour plus some weeks is a lot of time for you to put into to listen to a podcast but it is always appreciated as usual I've enjoyed myself I like to relive in these strikers the strikers are my favourite position on the football team anyway so yeah the top three strikers were long overdue very nice. enjoyable and yeah, I guess it's usual nod to, to social media. You know, we've got quite a lot going on social media. I know Craig's got a few bits going on as well that he's, he's working on at the moment, but we've got our LinkedIn profile set up. There's obviously the Instagram account. There is the, the Twitter page and everything's the same handle. I see YNWT podcast. Again, repeat that. I do it for luck most weeks, but it's YNWT podcast app. Um, yeah. So if you want to give us a follow on social media, there may be a Facebook page to come out. I mean, Craig have talked about that. We're going to get involved people. But if you want to listen, you know, listen to weekly here, you know, if there's any involvement you want, you know, we're trying out new ways to hopefully try and extend having more people on the podcast and things like that. So we are, we are, yeah. There's a lot of coming soon, isn't there, Craig? But there is. again, we are desperately seeking un- uninterrupted time where we can talk about this, but schedules are massively hectic at the moment on both ends. So the fact we get together a weekly and record this hour is a miracle some weeks, Craig will tell you. Behind the scenes, there's a lot of messaging, a lot of delays, a lot of bits and bats. So we, we get there, don't we, in the end? But no. Appreciate your time as always, Craig, and appreciate everything as I always do. Yeah, I think that's welcome. me. There's no point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm literally in Fergie time, in Ocker Day time, in <laughs> bloody injury injury time now. So yeah, let's not milk it, milk a cow for more than it's worth. There, but now just want to say thank you, and uh, yeah, I'll speak to everybody next week. Thank you very much for your time, Mark. Enjoy the rest of your day and everything else. And I will speak to you soon. Well, they will speak Bye-bye. to you soon, Craig. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. As Mark said, there we've uh, we've just crossed the hocker date. <coughs> oh God, <coughs> and my throat's gone. So that's uh, that's pretty much a signal for me to go. Again, thank you everybody that's listened so far. Like Mark said, we're sort of trying to try different avenues, different uh, things, and feel free to interact with us. You know, we're uh, we're not Joe Rogan. We're accessible, so feel free to give us a message, like, comment, subscribe, all that other sort of razzmatazz. And uh, yeah, we'll probably have a question on this week's podcast. Your top three strikers, that would be a good one to go at. Uh, we'll probably put that on the Twitter as well. So, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, if this is your first episode, thank you for joining in. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. Feel free to listen to the other episodes. If this is 25 of 25, thank you for being with us on this journey and have a nice rest of the day, afternoon, evening, whenever you've found this podcast. Thank you. <laughs>